0: Martin and the pro America report on the answer, San Diego
2: welcome, 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 great to be with you it 's Ed Martin, and what a weekend, boy, oh boy, I was getting so excited to spend time with you tonight and talk about that spaceX I, wa- I had my son, my whole family, the daughters, my daughter, um all my all my children are really good with math and science because they take after their mother, not me i 'm not a science guy, and we watched the SpaceX and the NASA launch on Saturday, and then we watched. On Sunday after church, we watched the docking of the, um, of the dragon. It's a dragon rocket or dragon module that docked with the space. Star. And it was just awesome. Of course, unfortunately, we, and we should be talking about that. We should be talking about how unbelievable it is to have these scientific achievements and all. And instead, we have to talk about this nastiness, this uh, terribleness of what's going on in the country after this tragedy of this man uh, being killed. And you know we talked about it on Friday a little bit. I know last week, and um, it is terrible. It's ter- well. Let's let me let me work back from this for you, and, and, and explain what I want to um, what I want to um, kind of make sure you understand, and then we'll get to what you need to know. But you know that murder, the, the kid, the guy that died, and the cop that's now been the former cop that's been charged. That seems like we're on a on a swift path to justice, because. It sure looked like, based on the video that we've seen, and every, everybody I know agrees with this. Everybody I know agrees that it looks like and, and should be dealt with as a real terrible uh, tragedy and, and, a, and, a, and a crime. And it has been done thus. And so that was good, right? Fast justice. I don't know anybody, white, black, orange, that thought, oh, well, maybe the cop uh, was justified in, in having his knee on the guy's throat for so long. Nobody thinks that. I've never met someone. And people, the media covers it. The media covers it as if it's possible that somebody uh, thinks it was okay. It wasn't okay. So that's a starting point. And, um, and now that, d- that man is dead. And that ex-cop is charged. And okay, where we are And instead, over the weekend, we've got burning of buildings, burning of churches, killing of people, officers being under assault, uh, people getting hurt by officers trying to, de- to defend themselves. And we got nastiness in city after city. And the media is clamoring and all this and they're this and that and the other thing. And here's what you need to know. I mean, it's just terrible, terrible stuff. But here's what you need to know. We're a lot better than this. We're a lot better than you're seeing on your screen. And the reason why you're seeing it on your screen and what you need to know, I'm going to tell you, there's three things in what you need to know. Number one, what you're seeing on your screen is because the media is betraying we the people. The the fake news media, the mainstream media, the lame, whatever you want to call them, lamestream people call them, The media is betraying us because they're purposely preparing a set of images and stories to make it seem like we're worse than we are and to make you crazy. And their business model, we've talked about this forever on this program, their business model is to make money off of making their clientele, their watchers go crazy over the issue that they're faced with. And they don't care about the truth. They don't care about, they don't even care about the people that are watching their network because if they did, they wouldn't do this to them because they're not telling the truth. And I used this phrase on a Periscope earlier. If you follow me on Periscope, you heard me say this. We're better than this. We're better already. In other words, we've gotten better and better on race, on on treatment of women, on treatment of each other. We've gotten worse and worse, by the way, on protecting the family uh, and making sure we protect our kids. That's a different question for another day. But in terms of race relations, we've gotten better and better. Still not perfect. Still not perfect. I'm always willing to concede that we're not perfect. That's that's not an uncommon thing on this side of the kingdom to admit you're not perfect. But the media is packaging up and fostering a set of of images and stories to try to drive us into hate, self-hate, and disgust. It's nasty. It's evil what they're doing. That's number one, what you need to know. But number two, what you need to know is who, who's doing this? Who's burning our cities? Why are they burning them? The answer is twofold. The pros. They brought in the pros. And what The other night, I think Friday night, the mayor, uh, the uh, police chief in Minneapolis, he said, everybody we arrested from out of town. Everybody we arrested from out of town. I'm from St. Louis. I was there. I was there in Ferguson. I visited the scene where Michael Brown died, the site where he died. I can see the, the, the place where he was when he died the next day after he died, before the rioting started a few days later. And there was no connection between what happened to Michael Brown and the rioting and the burning of buildings back then. None. Everybody knows that now. Most of it was out of town. It was a circus put on by, by pros who came in to do it. That's what's happening. There's professionals who are, are brought in to, to foment this kind of hate and rage and leftists, You know, evil people, pros, and the second part of that, the twofold part, is a lot of people that just are unwitting. They're unwitting, and, and, they're, and, they're, and they're materialists, and they don't have the right kind of uh, life and, and, and experience, and so they think that it's okay to loot. It used to be you'd be embarrassed to loot. Now you're on video the whole time, and people don't seem to care. One woman was looting a cheesecake factory by taking the cheesecake out with her. I don't know if you saw that image. But what you need to know to say it again is the media is doing this to us because they make money off of it. And they're evil for choosing greed and money over we the people. Number two, who's doing this? It's the pros and the the unwitting dupes. Unformed, materialist, whatever it is. And it's terrible. But here's what you need to know. The third part of what you need to know is we are better than this now and we have to not take it. We have to unite left, right, center, black, white, brown, and say, we're not, we're better than this. We're already better than this. We can get better and better. I mentioned on the Periscope again earlier, at Eagle Ed Martin, if you go there and check it out and, you know, you can see, I, I, I brought, I, I said this, you want to get better. One of the biggest betrayals in our society is the fact that we allow our school system to so dismally serve so many poor children. They're mostly black and brown. Although there's plenty of white children that are, that are poor served. But in, you pick a St. Louis city, St. Louis public schools, Disaster. New Jersey City Public Schools where I went to high school, disaster. D.C., Washington, D.C., disaster. You want to change things, stop, stop pretending that a little more a little more money and, and a little bit more effort will, to, will make those schools, they won't work. They're failing. But back to my point. Number three on this, what you need to know. We're better than this already and we have to band together. And this is a little more controversial here. If they won't stop, the pros and the unwitting people, the rioting, we should send in every form of law enforcement and military and make them stop. I'm for the 104th Airborne, the 82nd Airborne. I'm for Green Berets. I'm for whoever. Bring them in. They can't be allowed to burn our cities anymore. Period. It can't be acceptable. You know, you, you all have been listening to the Pro-America Report for a long time. Before that, the movement. Yeah, Ed Martin movement. And you hear me talk about this stuff. And look, I, at the end of the day... We have to respect the Constitution, we have to respect the rule of law, but neither one of those can allow us, neither one of those can be holding us back, neither one of us, let me say it differently, neither one of those, the Constitution or rule of law, in fact, they require us to act, because right now what's happening is lawlessness, they're burning churches, they're burning a church across from the White House, they're burning businesses they're they're ending small business ownership by burning down businesses it has to be stopped we the people have to demand expect and understand and look this is this can be a unifying moment because we can say there's a handful it's more than a handful i know but there's there's a small minority of people the pros and the unwitting that think it's okay to loot that think it's okay to burn cities that's not a solution That's not even a demand for of a solution. That's not even I have a problem. Here's my here's my demand for you to fix it. That's not even that. It's just it's just pure lawlessness, and we cannot tolerate it. We can't sit back and say, well, if they just have a little space to do this, they people can get kind of get rid of their frustration. It's past that. Frustration is a half a million people amassed on the mall protesting and they may break a few, uh, uh, you know, break a few um, uh, car windows on their way back to their cars or they might leave a bunch of trash. It's not burning a, a target to the ground. It's not it's not looting businesses, small businesses in Santa Monica. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. The fact is. It's a great opportunity for us to unite and what you need to know, I'll just say it again. The media is doing this to us. It's professionals and the unwitting, the foolish that are joined in. But the answer is we the people. We the people. I think the president gets that. I think he's been I don't think he's been slow into this. I think he's been careful into this. But we are where we are. It's got to be stopped. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we got a lot more. In fact, one of my favorite guys is uh, we're going to talk to Hal Shirtliff about his uh, Constitution camp, which is coming up in July. He's a super guy up in New Hampshire. We'll talk to him about the Constitution. It's great. Long scheduled before this. And we will go into a lot more of this. and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here at a Pro-America Report. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back.
0: Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report. On The Answer, San Diego. Oh.
2: Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report, an old friend of mine. This is a gentleman I've known for years now because of his good works, and we have mutual friends, and just it's important what he does. is And, and, it, and I'm glad to say this is really good, Hal, because uh, I was worried about what the so many things would be slipping away. And, and uh, Hal Shirtliff is uh, the guy who has started the Camp Constitution and for many years has uh, done that, and I'm glad you're keeping it up. So first of all, Hal, welcome back. How are you today?
1: Oh, great, thank you. Thanks for having me back.
2: Well, it's great to have you back. And and for those, actually, first, before we talk about this year, tell us the history of Camp Constitution. Tell us what you've been doing and what it means and walk us through it.
1: Well, Camp Constitution is a charitable trust. We were founded back in 2009. I'm one of the co-founders. And we started off initially as just running a week-long family camp in the summer. But as time went on, we started a, a, a small publishing arm. We do have our own radio show. That's a weekly half-hour show. We have a Speakers Bureau. We host the Samuel L. Blumenfeld Archives, which, uh, of course, Sam was a good friend hmm. of uh, uh, Phyllis Schlafly. Yeah, we, yep,
2: uh, we she sure did. Yep, that's
1: right. Yeah, I, I inherited his uh, papers and much of his library, and we created the online uh, archives that's a free to historians and homeschoolers and parents and educators and researchers. And we're going to be housing a lot of his library at the Lane House in uh, Lexington, Massachusetts, which is a learning center that we're running just a few blocks from the Battle Green. So we're excited about Hmm. that. And if people want, if they're ever in in greater Boston and would like to stop in, just uh, give us a call. We're happy to host you, give you a tour of uh, Lexington, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, and we do, again, the, the week-long family, we also have a YouTube channel, a Facebook page, and, you know, other presence on social media. But uh, it's the family camp that's our, you know, our biggest event during the year.
2: Um, hey, Hal, we're talking with Hal left, and again, it's campconstitution.net is where you can go to look more about it. Before we get to that again, um, you know, more than ever, it feels like we've got work to do in terms of education, every, educating everybody, not just children, not just young people, about the Constitution. In a funny way, though, I've been making an argument, Hal, that, they, that they've attacked this president so much that he's almost become a one-man uh, Constitution kind of uh, tool for education, you know, because they, they use the Emoluments Clause. like, what is that? They use the impeachment. They go, what is that? They Article 3 right. you know, judges are doing things they shouldn't be doing, and he's appealing yeah. it, and all this. It is extraordinary. In some ways, it's a good time to be a Constitution teacher because people keep hearing about these questions. Does that sound right?
1: Yes, especially the 25th Amendment, you know, back when they tried to say that he may have been crazy. And the 25th Amendment is a little – there's a lot in there. It it is kind of a little confusing, you know, because you have to have a certain percentage of the cabinet members say this, and then he can come back and say I'm not. And So – but, yes, it's good. Uh, And not only that, but uh, there aren't too many good things about this coronavirus, but we have these governors uh, like our governor in Massachusetts, Charlie Baker, who is a very left-wing Republican that are ruling by decree and he mandates that we all must wear faith masks and we say, wait a minute now, that's not constitutional. In fact, that's extra constitutional. He has no authority to do that. And people are just, well, gee, we have to do it or we we close. Well, if you fight it and in cases where they have fought it, they've overturned it in some, in some places. You know, they try to close all the gun shops in Massachusetts, saying they're non-essential, whatever that's supposed to mean. And one gun shop owner said, I got a chance to meet him. He said, I'm not, I'm not complying, and they ended up opening up the gun shops. So, uh, so yes, this is, a, a- a, in, in many respects, a good time to, for people to uh, learn the Constitution. And In fact, I have in front of my house, I have an oversized copy of the Constitution, you know, the original. And I have a sign that says, remember, remember this, Charlie, if people are coming by taking pictures of it and... We've been at some of these uh, open Massachusetts rallies with the sign, and people are hey, they want to learn about it. You know, my van has Camp Constitution. You know, it's got a wrap, and people are stopping, and, and we're getting a lot of thumbs up. We are out just in front of, you know, because we all of our events have been canceled the last couple of months, so we've got to make things happen, you know, the, the scheduled events that we had at various venues. So we're out there, you, you know, going out and witnessing and, and you know, spreading the word about the Constitution
2: it's uh how tell us about the camp tell us what what happens at the camp tell us who's a part of the camp tell us what you do and we'll walk us through the dates and everything about it
1: yes well this year it will be held at the singing hills christian camp in conference center in plainfield new hampshire it's about an hour north and east of, of west i'm sorry of concord uh not too far from vermont and it's um we, we we do expect to run the camp. I was in touch with the uh, the director of the camp itself. We don't own the facility. And there might be a couple of little things that we would have to do, but we're not going to be wearing masks. That's an optional thing. So uh, we have, uh, as always, we always have a great lineup of instructors. And I say family. We have entire families. We have grandmas, mother-in-laws, infants. We have a program for the little ones from 5 to 11. We call it the Patriot Camp where they learn about our history. They'll put on colonial outfits and little muskets, not real ones, but you know, little toy muskets, and learn about our great history. And the older campers and adults, and we also have some unaccompanied adults. They like to sit in on the classes, they help out with some of the uh, details and duties. Uh, we have, uh, for example, Professor Willie Soon. He's one of the top atmospheric scientists, or I should say climate realists, in the world. He comes with his family. He lives in the Boston area. And we actually tried to pay him honorarium one year. He refused to take it. He said, I'm having too much fun. (laughs) I don't have to pay us. (laughs) We have uh, Lord Christopher Monckton, the British Lord, who is a patriot and loves our Constitution. And he'll be back for this the third year. Uh, John McManus, I think you might know John McManus. Uh,
2: Yeah, sure.
1: uh, Yeah, uh, he'll be uh, teaching a class. We have uh, Reverend Stephen Kraft, uh, who was our uh, chaplain. Uh, he, he'll, he'll be doing a few classes and also Alex Newman. I do not forget him. Alex Newman. Oh yeah. An educator and yeah, he's one of the top experts on common core. He teaches at the freedom project Academy. He'll be coming with his family and we have a young, a young attorney from the, uh, Liberty council, Jonathan Alexander, uh, Jonathan's have you met Jonathan? He's, he's based out of DC. No, he'd no. be a great guy to know. He's got a beautiful singing voice too. And he'll be there huh. with his wife. And uh, speaking, will all those to, uh, will
2: all the, will, will all those folks be present? They'll all be there. Yes,
1: they'll all be there. Uh, some will be there for the whole week. Oh, C.J. Pearson is scheduled. He's the young black conservative out of
2: yeah. the Atlanta area. Yep.
1: and so uh-huh. most of them will be there for the whole week. You know, some a few of them will just be there for a day or so, but most of them will be there for the week. So a good chance to meet some people. Uh, you know, as a father, one of the important things is who are who's associated with my children. You know. Well, my children, right. uh, I have no trouble with the young people they meet there. They, they, they make friendships, and even sometimes you have to drive <laughs> your daughter an hour and a half away to meet their, their friend, but it's worth it because they're meeting good, wholesome huh. young people. And the adults are making friends for life, learning a whole lot. And we have other activities, too. We have hikes, and, you know, we're in the beautiful woods of New Hampshire, swimming, hiking, uh, volleyball, tennis, even chess tournaments. We'll be doing some martial arts uh, demonstrations. And, and things of that nature. So it's a really full week. It starts Sunday afternoon, July 19th, and ends Friday morning on the 24th. And if people are having, we, we can't guarantee carpooling, but we have folks are coming from the Midwest, coming from Florida, so we might have a chance to do that. And if you're flying in or busing or taking a train, we can pick you up at the train stations and bus stops and airports you up and bring you back when the camp's over so we don't we try to do what hmm. we can to accommodate people
2: we're talking we're talking right now with hal shirtliff and hal is the uh is the man who uh, the brand the the inspiration behind camp constitution go to campconstitution.net net and you can find out more all right hal i just got a little bit less than well, about a minute left and i want to ask you though about this Um, when you watch what's happening in this country, you, you you know, you've been an observer for decades now, and you've been a teacher for a lot of that time of the constitution of conservative values. Are you more optimistic, less optimistic? Are you more worried, less worried? You know, there's a lot of this negativity in the air. Uh, what, what's your feeling?
1: Well, I tend to be an optimist, but not a giddy optimist, a cautioned optimist. Uh I think some of that what's happening. In fact, I live right in Boston where there's some horrible riots and they have planned. They have planned to do an event, which about maybe three hundred yards from where I live. So I'm sort of batting down the hatches and hoping, you know, that uh, we're going to defend the household here. Uh, so, but I think that this will blow up, and I don't mean this as a pun in their faces. I think the enemies of our nation—they think that somehow they're going to pull it off and get control of the country. They're going to fail. Uh, there are too many people of goodwill that that will uh, at some point. The mask will come off. People will realize, you know, that, okay, this is enough of government overreach. And I think that, in fact, um, uh, my optimism is that this will actually lead to more freedom as time goes on.
2: Hmm. Well, I think that's, and I think that's what you have to believe if you're, you know, it's the American way, right? The can do spirit. All right, Hal, thanks very much. Thanks for coming on. Again, it's campconstitution.net. Go there and check it out. And uh, it's it's a great program, and Hal's a great man. So thank you, Hal, for the time. Thank you. All right, we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Be right back.
1: Ed Martin and the
2: Pro-America Report. On The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Our next guest is a woman who, a journalist, who got in touch with me because she was writing a piece that ran in the wall street journal about phyllis schlafly and her name is abigail schreier and so i gave her a bunch of background and she wrote this really very interesting and i think thoughtful art uh column uh, in the wall street journal it turned out to be i think it was really great but i mean she worked hard on it, and it was it had this exchange. and then she also gave me a copy of her book that's going to come up excuse me it's going to come out in a in a abigail how long in a month or two june june 30th Oh, June. So it's this month. So good. Well, So we'll have her back yeah. on to talk about the book. But the book, and Great. Abigail, I'm sorry now, remind me the title of the book because it's back on. It's literally, though you'll like this, it's on my bedstand next to my bed. <laughs> so it's not like I. It's so sweet. it's not here. But tell me the title of the book again. Yes. Irreversible, Irreversible Damage. Irreversible Damage, yeah. The
3: cra- yes. Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters.
2: And we will have Abigail back on. She's already agreed to talk about her book in a few weeks because you need to hear more about it. But I just got to tell you like I told her. I read the book. She sent me a copy to look at and to review because we do book reviews for my work. And I read the book and I walked around uh, as I read it because I was thinking about how it was just challenging about the transgender movement and what it does. And in in, in the book... Abigail, I mentioned she's a journalist and a writer. She, she talks to people that have gone through this and that, that are sort of successful and that regretted it. It's just, it's, it's in a way, it's the wrong word, but it's close. It's kind of haunting. So it's irreversible damage, but we'll talk about that later. But I wanted to get Abigail on because I want to ask her about this Title IX story. I told the listeners about it last week, Abigail, but the Trump administration's ruling is that the Title IX requires that women's sports, not have the transgender, uh, what transgenders come over and compete in women's sports? Was it a surprise to you that the decision came down that way? Uh, no, I mean I was very happy about it. The
3: the Trump administration has been very good on this issue, and the the ruling is not is not exactly that they can't. You know, it's, it's not sort of to exclude um, transgender yeah. individuals, but the point of it is that look, sports is about is about biology. It's always been about biology. We've always separated male and female sports because the, 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 what happens to the body in puberty and male puberty creates unbridgeable and massive advantages for male athletes, especially in speed and strength. And this is something we know, um, they have a massive advantage and having People, transgender identified or not, who are biologically male compete with women is just unfair. And it's a violation of Title IX. That's what they said. It was a violation of Title IX. And the reason it is is that Title IX requires of the education amendments, requires equal funding and equal opportunities for male and female sports. Well, right now in the state of Connecticut, you have fewer biological women Um, going on to regional championships because they are consistently being beaten out by biological boys. That's just a clear violation of Title IX. So I'm very happy the Trump administration recognizes
2: we're talking about we're talking with Abigail Schreier, and I should have said she's uh, she writes for the Wall Street Journal. She's um, she's also an attorney, Yale Law School, and she's got this upcoming book, which I mentioned, called Irreversible Damage: The Transgender Craze Seducing Our, Our Daughters. Back to Title IX because that's why I had you on to explain it better than I did. So, what happens next if Title IX and the Education uh, Department of the federal government, uh, Betsy DeVos, says you shouldn't allow this? How do they enforce it? Oh, that's a good question.
3: How do they enforce it? Um, I don't know. I don't know how they're going to enforce it. This is one of those things that's clearly going to end up in the courts. There's going to be a right. lot of, you know, at some point the Supreme Court may end up taking this. I don't know. Um, um, but it, I think it will end up getting enforced through the courts um, because right mm-hmm. now what's going on is, is really tragic. I mean, these are girls who train their whole lives only to be beaten by mediocre athletes for the boys team so consistently the boys who beat them have no standout achievements as biological boys so when they race boys they have no standout achievements and lo, lo and behold when they compete with girls they are suddenly consistently taking top you know the top spots in fact in the state of connecticut they won uh... thirteen out of fourteen state championship events since 2017. to biological boys so you can see and these are boys with no standout achievements when they uh, competing with boys <laughs> So, uh, you know, that's a situation. It really is. It's, it's, it's really a tragedy for these girls who've, who've spent their whole lives working to this moment.
2: Uh, Abigail Schreier are uh, who we're talking to and on Twitter. She's at Abigail Schreier, S-H-R-I-E-R is how she spelled her last name. Abigail is how Abigail is spell, spelled. And you'll see right there on her Twitter feed the book that's coming out, Irreversible Re- Re- Damage. Okay, so Title IX happens. The Supreme Court is taking some of these uh, issues up. There's a case before the Supreme Court. Um, I think it's in this session. It hasn't been decided yet. But, but I want to go sort of towards the – Every time I write about this, and I don't know if you're on my email list, Abigail, but I sent out an email today about this, I get responses. I've sort of been trolling this idea. I've been testing it. I went to a speech in Tampa Bay about the ERA, and I and I brought up, well, if you don't think abortion rights is a good enough reason, you know, if you don't think that, then what about transgender? And and, and I had people that were for ERA come up afterwards and say, yeah, you know, um, by the way, I'm kind of, I'm with you on this because I can't believe they're doing this to our, our daughters. It's an interesting populist issue, isn't it, the transgender issue? There's a lot of energy behind it, and, but people don't quite know how to talk about it yet. I, I think that's
3: right. I mean, I think that, you know, I certainly, you know, I talk to, you know, and, and work with tons of, you know, people on the left with, with this right. issue. I mean, not, not hardcore leftists, but people, women, feminists who have cared, who cared about Title IX, who recognize the achievement. I mean, right now, you know, they talk about, you know, erasures in history or whatnot. There is no clearer, you know, um, example of that than what's going on in Connecticut today. Biological boys are setting records as girls. They are setting girls' right. records in Connecticut, in the state of Connecticut that no girl can beat. They are literally erasing the achievements of young girls in the top of their form. And to just give you an example of the kinds of things that, why uh, uh, this unfairness, you know, Allison Felix is, is a U.S. runner. She's remarkable. She's the fastest woman in the world. And um, and in her 400-meter uh, race, her, her record time was 49.26 seconds, okay? Okay. Based Mm -hmm. on 2018 data, almost 300 high school boys in the United States can beat her. That's how big the difference is. That's how big the difference is. So women who care about women's achievement and women's opportunity, and they have nowhere to go in the Democratic Party today. Because, to right. be honest, the Democratic Party has clearly turned its back on women and girls. All the major pre- you know, candidates for president um, um, f- for, for the Democratic nomination supported the Equality Act. Um, th- this, right. this, is, you know, this is not a serious party when it, right now when it comes to caring about women.
2: Well, and Abigail again we're talking with Abigail Schreier, who's a journalist with Wall Street Journal as well as uh as well as um an author now of this new book. Um but it's also it's 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 um the the it's a surprise how unfair it is, right? I mean, it actually, we've spent a lot of time. I mean, I want to sound, I'm going to sound like a feminist. We spent a lot of time making it so there was more opportunities for women and girls and all. And now we're letting it go away because of the, you know, because of what, the the transgender? and, And I guess the extension, when you in your research on this, is it an extension of the, the gay rights movement is an extension of the far left on abortion. what where, where, how does it carry the day? You would think a lot of women who are self-identified feminists would say, "Yeah, yeah, wait, I draw the line there. You're going to gut my." You know, they're also putting in the paper. You see this all the time that the the, the stoppage in our lives, the great pause, I call it, has caused tension, uh, not tension, it's caused stress on athletic departments at universities, and they're cutting women's programs and men's programs because they can't, you know, they can't keep up with it. I mean, why is it, what is it politically that's allowed this to get such a head of steam?
3: You know, I think it comes from, really, it's more than a gay rights issue, because it isn't. It's more than anything, it's a pure leftist impulse to just destroy, and to take advantage and the reason i say that is first of all you know, for the, for my book, I interviewed a lot of transgender individuals. They are genuinely mm-hmm. transgender. They were lovely people and they were, you know, many of them male to female transgenders and they would, it, it, people and they would say to me over and over, we, we're, we don't want to make women uncomfortable. We're not trying to hurt, you know, get into a, a female bathroom or, or change right. in, a, in, a, in a female locker room. That's not our ambition. These activists have taken over and they really don't speak for us. And I really believe that's correct, that the that the hard left that is pushing this so aggressively. And, and it's a shame that feminist organizations have been so cowardly, with, with a few notable exceptions. Most of them in the United States have been so cowardly, and they have not stood up for women and girls. And the one exception to that is, is the Women's Liberation Front, which has been very, very serious and very good on this issue. But everyone else seems very happy to hand over women's rights to the next group that claims them. And, and it's
2: wrong. Hmm. It is. It's fascinating. Uh, it's a great time to have your book uh, out and we will talk to you again about that. It's called Ir- We'll Talk with Abigail Shire about her book Irreversible Damage uh, The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters in a Few Weeks when it comes out on June 30th but thanks uh, Abigail for talking about this uh, story from last week and we'll be back in touch.
3: Oh, thank you so much. Always great to talk to
2: you. All right. We'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Be right back. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report.
0: On the answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, slander America, and redefine the family. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin.
2: Socialized medicine is built on the same flawed foundation that all of socialism is based on. It all comes down to one nasty little word, rationing. With economic socialism, you start with the assumption that there's not enough money to go around. So we leave it up to the government to determine who's worthy of getting the money that rightly belongs to other people. With socialized medicine, it's the same thing only with healthcare. You start with the presumption that there's not enough medicine to go around, then you let the government decide who lives and who dies. Italy tried the socialized approach to rationing COVID-19 treatment, and it quickly proved to be a miserable failure. Even though socialized medicine claims to level the playing field when it comes to poor people receiving care, the rich still come out on top. If you're a Hollywood actor, you can afford to receive better treatment at home and no one will interfere with your prescriptions by your physician. You can pay outrageous amounts of money to doctors good enough to be able to charge outrageous amounts of money. That's just how economics works, even with socialism. Daniel Day Kim, an actor on Lost and Hawaii 5 received specialized in-home care for his recovery from COVID-19, and he was quick to talk about it on social media. I'm not saying that the free market will allow everyone to get the same treatment as Hollywood celebrities, but I do know spending the last moments of your life in a warehouse of hospital beds is not what any patient wants. The goal should be to keep people out of hospitals, not to wait until patients fill hospital beds before treating them. The beauty of the free market system is that it takes decisions out of the hands of government and gives that power back to the people. The real crisis in healthcare care is political not medical. There's no reason to let America's love of freedom end at the door to your doctor's office. Socialized medicine is no cure to the ills faced by we the people.
0: This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For the U.S. economy to flourish, free enterprise needs to be rewarded. Competition and capitalism need to be encouraged. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find alerts and strategies for strengthening our economy and standing against socialism. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
2: Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a Pro-America Report, and let's kind of wrap things up here today. I hope you—well, uh, as I said, I you know, the most important thing—I I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I will— um, I will tell you that I I, I cannot believe um, that uh, the coverage, the media coverage of this um, this situation, and you know uh, of the, the rioting and all that, and I just can't underscore enough. But it was making me think about before before I got so infuriated over the weekend and especially today about the coverage and about how the media is really so uh, so unhelpful. I was I was going to talk about the next subject i was i was planning to talk about this so i'll move into it i've told you before that a lot of how we live is our psychology How you see things and how you understand things and how you're, uh, you know, how you feel about it makes a big difference. It's not the only thing, right? You still got to have a job and you still got to have, you know, you got to have the basics. But how you feel about it, especially when it comes to the economy, is a big deal. And you've heard me talk over and over again about how, when it comes to our American economy, it's not just Wall Street. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is not sufficient to tell us how we're doing. It's not only the unemployment rate, which is a factor, a big factor. You can, t- you can tell a lot. But I've had these other indices I've told you about, like the uh, National Federation of Independent Business, when they do a survey of, co- of, of small business owners' confidence, their confidence in the future. And then the other one is consumer confidence. So I've been watching this for a while. And one of the things I noticed was that the left-leaning journalists... In the New York Times, and especially this one that I saw on BuzzFeed News, uh, this uh, reporter's name is Anne Helen Peterson. And she wrote a lengthy piece, really long, on BuzzFeed, Buzz, BuzzFeed News, about how I don't feel like buying stuff anymore. And she goes on to basically try to describe, to basically persuade you as you read this article. And she writes it like it's a news piece. She's a news reporter, but she's really trying to persuade you that, you know what? Um, effectively you know it's just we're not going to buy stuff and consumer confidence isn't going to go anywhere and we all should be frozen in indecision and it's it's precisely the opposite advice of what someone who wants to see us succeed should be saying and let me be clear i'm not saying be dumb and buy stuff you can't afford I'm not even saying just go buy stuff for no reason. What I am saying is your mindset should be: we're going to get better fast in our economy, and one of the ways we're going to do that is be positive and go forward. And this lengthy piece, the title is it I, is I don't feel like buying stuff anymore. Our economy is built on Americans of all. This is the subtitle: our economy is built on Americans of all class levels buying things. What happens when the ability and the desire to do so goes away? This is a news reporter. And that the piece is all about how she doesn't feel like buying, and then she talks to people that don't feel like buying, and that we should all just hold and curl up and stay set. Now, again, everyone has their right to an opinion, and she can have an opinion about what she feels. That's fine, but that's not what she's doing. She's doing what you know what Bill Maher said. The other day, not the other day, it's three or four, six months ago now, when he said, you know, a, a, a big depression would be great because Trump would lose. And you say, really? You, you think it would be better because you're, you're so in, insulated and this reporter, maybe she's insulated. Maybe she doesn't need you know to worry about her job or her future or anything. But for the rest of the country, what we need is a sort of esprit de corps in the direction of more opportunity, more possibilities, more things going well. And that's not a piece that spends its time trying to convince us, to persuade us how bad it is and how bad it's going to be. And, and here's the, uh, here's the thing about this that is really frustrating is it feels like this has gotten worse and worse in this period right now, in this time. And it, 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 and you know, you have to sort of be, and that's the wrong phrase to say sophisticated enough, but you have to sort of be looking for it to see how frequently we're being told that, that how bad things are and how they should stay bad and what's it's one thing you can now that i've said it to you i think you can see how the coverage of the rioting and the burning and all it's almost like glorifying it so they can cover it so you can be so they can keep, keep their ratings up that but that's not that's insidious enough insidious enough but we sort of see it now but these things like this buzzfeed article that are meant to undermine our uh, our confidence in the recovery and in the future it's very very troubling It's very, very worrying. And I I worry because uh, insofar as there are so many voices that are trying to bring us down, over time, it has an effect. Over time, you know, what you hear becomes what you know, and it becomes what you think, and it becomes what you do. You know, what you hear becomes what you know. What you hear enough, you say, well, that must be what is a—and human nature is when you hear it, you start to say, well, that's what I know, you know, and that's what I think. I mean, it. my reality should comport with what I know and what I've observed, and therefore it's what you do. It's very disturbing. And the American experience is precisely the opposite— we can do anything. I can't tell you how disappointed I am that we weren't celebrating all weekend long and into this week, Elon Musk and those guys and NASA. And that the fact that, by the way, lost in the coverage, if you didn't see it, it was great. The, the rocket goes up. It, 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 uh, it, it, it um, uh, links up with the space station. It was really cool. The two astronauts seem really cool and studly, you know, like they're like one's a pi- fighter pilot. They're both impressive. But you know, the other thing, the, the rockets are recyclable. They were catching parts of the falcon rocket the whole, the the dragon dragon was the compartment I think the dragon is the name of the of the unit that took the astronauts, but they had these falcon rockets that were falling off and they were landing on drone boats so that they could be salvaged instead of going into the sea and being lost and they're going to salvage I mean it was and and the point is that, that they were they're, the argument is that we can make the technology so that we can reuse it and suddenly it becomes unbelievably more economical still expensive but economical to do this it was awesome and instead we got the tv and everybody telling us talking us down it's terrible all right i gotta run thank you for listening thanks to noah our great technical director and joanna for helping book all these great guests and we'll be back tomorrow night it's ed martin here on a project for Pro america I'll be back